You're listening to a podcast from Victory. What the Bible says about matters of faith and Christian practice is useful and true. Learn more about this truth in week four of our series, Wordview. We'll be reading from Psalm 19, verses 7 to 9. It says here, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. We are actually reading a song that was written by King David. This psalm, we read from verse 7, but we didn't read the first six verses before we arrived in this uh, seventh verse 7. And the first six verses, David was describing nature, particularly the skies or the heavens. Who among you here, you are a nature lover. You love to see nature. You see, we live in a, in a uh, city that's sometimes so polluted and toxic. And wouldn't you, don't you feel peace? Or don't you feel refreshed when we sometimes go on vacation and when we go to a province and we get to breathe fresh air? You set up no simoy ng hangin, tama ba? And when we go there, when we see amazing, stunning views, and we say, wow, ang ganda nito, picture, picture, ang saya. And we want to document that. It's as if nature is speaking to us, nangungusap. You know what? It's not really uh, a thing yet, but I'm planning to do it at least uh, twice a year or once a quarter. Um, we try to uh, go trekking or climb a mountain. Um, and just last a uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, the whole campus missionaries and some of our friends, uh, we went climbing to this mountain in Bulacan. Now, it's not really a high mountain, no? not like the uh, hardcore mountaineers and all. But it's a, it's, it's a fair uh, trek. And the view there was also amazing. Now, of course, no, lalo na pag pinaghirapan mo, yung umakit ka, pagdating mo sa, sa tuktok, syempre gusto mo ng memories. You want to take pictures of it. So that's what we do. So pag akit na pag akit doon, sabi ko doon sa kaibigan, buksak ko naman camera mo, magpicture tayo. So we took, a, oh, we took a picture of it. So, yan. Siyempre kailangan pumosing. Diba? Hindi ko na nilagay yung solo picture ko. Sabi ko sa kanila, tara-tara, group picture, group picture. Lagyan na space para pwede crop. Okay, so, and we would take pictures of it. Why? Because the scene was amazing. The hills, the, the, the valleys and all that. Imagine you. Imagine you're by the beach, seeing the sunrise, sunset. Or imagine if you would see this, the aurora borealis, yeah? somewhere in the northern pole. You would see the northern lights. And maybe you've seen some of these things. Maybe you've seen nature and you're, you're, you're like gripped in your heart and you're saying, wow, ang ganda. David, in the first six verses, was describing God and the nature. He was saying, ang ganda ng nature. And most probably the one who made everything is even more glorious. If nature was glorious, how much more the creator of it. And then in verse 7, he shifts to the Bible, to the scriptures. Look what he said. He, he used synonyms to describe the scripture. The law of the Lord, testimony, precepts, commandment, rules. All of them talking about just one thing, the scripture. 
And the, the laws that we need to obey are not the same laws that we have to obey the way we do with our boss, the way we, we do with our parents. Hindi natin sinusunod yung, yung Bible the way we do our earthly um, authorities. But, but rather, we obey it because the law is of the Lord. Look at the number of times it says it is of the Lord. And remember, that's our topic last week. We discussed that the Word of God is not just written by man, it's also written by God. Or what we say, divinely inspired. The Word is divinely inspired. It's written by both man and God at the same time. And because God wrote all of these things, this scripture is not like any other book that we have. Look at how David described the Bible. It's perfect. It's right. It's pure. It's clean. It's true. You, you don't use all of these things to an ordinary book. In fact, David didn't use all of these adjectives when he was describing the sun, the heavens, and all. As glorious as the heavens are, it has nothing compared when he realized the Word of God. Hindi niya ginamit yung mga salitang yan nung describe niya yung sun, nature, and all. But he used it when he looked at the Word of God to describe it like this. And through the years, scholars, people who love the Bible, tried to, tried to encapsulate, summarize in two words all of these adjectives and the descriptions of the word in the Bible. And in fact, if you study the scriptures, you will also come to the same conclusion. These two words, theological words, medyo heavy to at first, but you would see the reason why it is important. The first one is the word infallible or infallibility. Can you say infallibility? Yeah, we sound smart already. Yes, infallibility. And the next one is the word inerrancy. Can you say inerrancy? inerrancy. Uh, infallibility and inerrancy. Big words at first. Let me explain what it is and why it is important. Infallibility comes from the uh, Latin word infaliere, which means not. Okay, wandering or not, fall, not falling away. Okay, it's not, in short, the Bible is not uh, able to make us fall or wander. It's not, it's not able to commit any mistake. To put it quite simply, infallibility means the Bible is true and reliable. Totoo at maaasahan. Inerrancy sounds a little bit similar to that, but inerrancy means the Bible in its original manuscript is true to what it says. In short, it's trustworthy. Mapagkakatiwalaan. Infallibility and inerrancy. Oh, may magagamit po tayo ngayon. Nahuli kayo na MMDA. Is that an infallible, Nax? <laughs> no, really. Why are these terms important? Infallibility and inerrancy. True, reliable, and trustworthy. I read an article a couple of days ago wherein in that article, at least in the States, it says there the Generation Z or the younger people says that only 4% have a biblical worldview. Could you imagine that? Why? The young people doesn't just looks at the Bible as a holy book. Kasi yun yung pangalan, yun yung title ng libro. Holy Bible. But they don't really have a biblical worldview. 
For them, it's not important. It's quotable. It's nice. I respect it. But it's not as important as the book that I could buy, 10 Steps to Do This, your ganyan-ganyan in your life. It's not the truth that I want to adhere to. You see, we are growing in a generation wherein they think the Bible is just written by man, not important, it has mistakes, irrelevant, and boring. Have you heard of that? Na nagsabi yung Bible, tao lang naman nagsulat yan eh. Maraming maliyan, irrelevant, boring, makaluma. You know what? Here's a confession. I used to view the Bible like that as well. You see, I got reached out when I was third year in college. I have so much respect for the Bible. I know it's a holy book, but I don't adhere to it. The way I see it, it's man made, it has mistakes, it's inspirational. It can help me, but to say it's God, uh, God's word, no. For me, I find it irrelevant. Now, when, I was, when, when the person who did life group to me did one-to-one with me, he was saying at the first meeting that if I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus, I need to read, speak, and apply the word in my life. And of course, being modest and being kind enough, I would say, yeah, opo, opo, sige, babasa po ako. And I wouldn't. Because for me, why would I read it? It's just man-made. It has lots of errors. And when I tried to read it, who among you would agree sometimes you tend to fall asleep, right? Which is boring. And I used to view the, those, uh, the Bible like that. And my leader would constantly tell me, no, Dave, you won't grow in your relationship with God just from the preaching or from me as your victory group leader, you need to read, apply, and speak the word of God in your life. So uh, during that time, I, was, I think I was 40 years old. While I was doing my thesis, while they were doing their research, I said, okay, why don't I try researching about the Bible? Because my leader kept on insisting that it's important. So I came across some facts about it. And of course, it grew through time. And here are some of the things. And generally, you know, of course, the Bible contains 66 books. So it's not just one book. It's 66 books divided into two, New Testament and Old Testament. Now, I realized also that the Old Testament was written in um, uh, primarily in two languages, preserved by, by scribes translated accurately during the first century by 70 scribes known as the Septuagint. Kung nagbabasa po kayo ng mga footnotes sa Bible nyo, makikita nyo yun. The Septuagint says uh, this. And then the New Testament was uh, written in Greek. Now, I know parang, okay, so, doesn't, had, doesn't add anything. Now, here's something interesting about the Bible. And maybe you've heard this last week. The Bible was written by more than 40 authors. From three different continents, and here's the clincher: it's written with thousand. Uh, it, it's written in years apart. What am I trying to say? The first five books of the Bible, some say it was Moses who wrote it. It would take hundreds of years afterward for the next book to happen, Joshua. And then, if not from the first five thousands of years down the New Testament, what am I trying to say here? It's so hard to fabricate. 
a story, especially if it's written hundreds, thousands of years apart. Could you imagine me saying to one of you, Oi, ito yung sasabihin mo, pero huwag mo muna sulat. Maghintay ka ng mga 600 years para consistent tayo. We can't do that. The amazing thing is, even though the Bible was written by different people with different personalities from different timelines, if you read it, it's as if it's just one person who wrote the whole book. One storyline. It's not just man who made this. It's God. And you know what's even interesting? Why, why is it so important? The New Testament, the earliest letter, the earliest uh, letter in, or the earliest book in the New Testament was written 20 years after Jesus resurrected from the dead. And all of the New Testament are written before uh, or 100 years since Jesus resurrected from the dead. Why is this important? It's important because the further you go through the years, the higher chances of fabricating a story. Nagiging fake news. I recently read this, I watched this video of a World War II Holocaust survivor who lost her sister during a torture that happened somewhere in Germany. And she came out with this video in response to a bunch of young people saying that the World War II really didn't happen and it's not as bad as it is. Because right now, they were being fed by wrong stories, fake news, conspiracy theories, and here was this girl saying, no, I I experienced it. In fact, I lost my sister. I was being experimented. It's true. Could you imagine? Jesus resurrected from the dead. Within the first 20 years, most of us would still be probably alive. And then one would say, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And we would say, no, 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 I was there. I saw it. And in the Bible, it says there around 500 people saw Jesus rose from the dead at one point. It's so hard to fabricate a story when, there, when you have experienced it. So that's why it's so important. And I know sometimes, parang yung mga, mga may, may nagsasabi sa atin, hindi totoo yan, Ta, maraming mali dyan. And then when we look at these, when I was looking at these facts, when I was researching it, I was blown away. I was like, okay, I didn't know this. You know that the origin, the, the Bible that we have is a product of thousands of copies because we no longer have the original manuscript. Oh! <gasps> It is 99% accurate. Some say it's 95. 95 to 99% accurate. Well, I remember when I was researching about this, I came to realize, huh? So hindi original manuscript? Ano yung 1% error? So hindi perfect? Hindi hindi na siya inerrant? And then, you know what? After researching it, I realized that most of the especially the ancient times, the histories, no original manuscript could be found anymore. Not just the Bible. Others, actually. And the 1% that I'm telling na quote-unquote error is not really an error of content, but it's an error of like translation, nadagdagan lang ng O, nagkamali ng punctuation, instead na colon, semicolon, something like that. In fact, could you imagine with me this verse, John 3.16. If I ask all of you right now to write it down on paper, 
Don't do it. But imagine if you write it down on paper. And then all of a sudden, I lost the verse. All I have to do is collect what you wrote down and compare it. Imagine this room, 700 uh, copies of it. And most probably, we would come with the same conclusion that it's this verse. Kung may mali, it would be uh, uh, set up against the other verses, or the other copies. This is not just done in the Bible, mind you. This is also done in other works of literature. If you believe in philosophy, Plato, if you've heard of Plato, Plato is like a famous philosopher. Did you know that the earliest writing of Plato was written 1,200 years after he lived? And they only have seven copies, no original. If you believe in Plato, you got to believe the Bible. Homer's Iliad, 95% accurate. Kumbaga sa grade, ito na yung isa sa mga highest. It has, it was written within the first 500 years with 643 copies, no original. If you believe in Homer's Iliad, you got to believe the Bible. Augustus Caesar, or Julius Caesar rather. If you believe in Julius Caesar, same thing. Hundreds of years apart, no, thousands of years apart, with only 10 copies. If we believe in Julius Caesar, we gotta believe the Bible. Why the Bible? Written less than 100 years, the New Testament. And get this, has 5,600 copies. Wow. Anlayo ng comparison. What am I trying to say this? With all the things I've said, my point is this, the Bible is true, trustworthy, and reliable. Sometimes yung mga nagtatanong, may mali yan Bible na yan. Why don't you ask them, sige, nasan yung mali? And let me look into that. And sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, I said the Bible has lots of mistakes, Well, in reality, I haven't really opened it in my life. And if you are a Christian, if you read the Bible, sometimes you, as you read it, you will come across some quote-unquote Errors. Nalala ko nung bago akong Christian, no? Sabi nung leader ko, okay lang, uh, quiet time ka, sulat mo, kung may tanong ka, tapos tanongin mo sa akin. So, uh, where do I start? How about you start with the book of John or Mark, one chapter a day? Okay. So, read, read it. Finish through the first four books of the uh, New Testament, the Synoptic Gospels. Tapos, may nakikita ko observation, parang, oh, bakit ito, papasok si Jesus? Ito, palabas. Tapos, ito. And I would write it all down and I would ask my leader, bakit ganito? Parang may mali. And I realized the mistake was not in the scripture. It's number one, with my bias. Number two, I just have to know the context, the background of the text, their culture. And in short, when I was looking through it, most of the quote-unquote errors are not really errors, but a lack of study in the Bible. I want to encourage all of us here to not only just read the Bible, but really grow deep. There are, the, the beauty with our generation right now is we have the internet. We have Kindle. You could get ESV study Bible. I have that. Or an, an, a, an NIV commentary to aid you with that. But more than that, really pray and ask, okay, this seems like it's contradicting, but the Bible is inerrant and infallible. So the issue is not the Bible. It's me. So I have to study, dig deeper. You see, if God is true, trustworthy, and reliable, therefore His very words recorded in Scripture are true, trustworthy, and reliable. Why is this important? 
Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to save us from sins? Do you believe that God's promise, His goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives? If the Bible is not true, trustworthy, and reliable, then we cannot really trust those promises. Ngayon sa mundo natin, no? maingat tayo sa mga fake news. In fact, I read in an article, 2017, the word of the year, said one dictionary, is the word, or are the words fake news. The more fake news there is in a particular uh, company, the less credibility it has, right? Let me tell you, the Bible has no fake news in it, but it has the good news. You see, that's why it's important for the Bible to be true, reliable, and trustworthy. We can give our lives to it. It has went through testings, refined seven times over, declared pure. Not only that, look at the Bible. David didn't just use adjectives, he used verbs, action words. Because you see, when you read the Bible, it's not just like any other book. Pag nakabasa tayo na romance novel, kikiligin tayo. Pag nakabasa tayo na inspirational leadership book, may inspire tayo. But when we read the Word of God, it doesn't just inspire us. It changes us. It says, the Bible is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to the soul and spirit, judging our thoughts and intentions. No other book can do that. In short, the reason why the Word of God is so powerful, because it is the Word of God. It moves, it penetrates. You see, the Word of God, read, declared, and applied in our lives, has the power to change us. Your situation, what you're going through, are there challenges that we're having right now? What do we do? We go to the Word of God and we declare it. And the reason why we know that it will change is because it is inerrant and infallible. True, trustworthy, and reliable. You see, I love this quote. Men do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself, but because it contradicts us. And that's what I realized when I said, me saying the Bible is irrelevant, boring, man-made, has errors, are all smoke screens and excuses from the real issue, which is sin. I just don't want God in my life. But if you look at the Bible, you would realize God's heart. What is His heart? God coming down here on earth, sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, for your sins. Imagine God, perfect, divine, coming down, using man's language to communicate his message of redemption. That he loves us. That he wants the best for us. That he has a purpose for us to advance his kingdom. That's God's will for us in our lives. That's why he wants us to read this book. Let me end with this verse. It says in verse 10 to 11, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, 
sweeter also than honey and dripping, drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. If you're a student here, isn't it true that you study because there is a higher chance that you will pass? Right? Kaya ka nag-aaral kasi malaki yung chance mong papasaka. If you are into sports, the reason why you train so hard because there is a higher chance na magiging magaling ka. If you're a businessman or you're into investment, if you study the right investment with all the risk analysis and all of those things, there is a higher chance you will get a good return of investment. I say chance because it's not sure. Because we've all heard of students who didn't really study but pass. Daya, no? We've all heard of people who like really studied well this plan, this business proposals and all, but it didn't work out. It's a chance. It's a higher chance. And look at what the Bible says. When we desire and keep the Bible, there is a chance for great reward. Is that what the Bible says? What does it say? In keeping them, there is. Not a chance. A certainty. There is a great reward. That's, that's God's heart for us. You gotta read this word. There is a great reward. What's the reward? Prosperity? Success? Maybe? There's this verse in the Bible that says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your now- mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Healing? I believe that's part of it. Restoration of family? I think there is. But what's the reward that God was talking about? I believe the reward, more than the blessing, more than the gifts, is that we get to know more the giver, God Himself. When I was researching all of this, remember, I was a bit skeptic about the Bible. After I looked at all of those research, I said, okay, I want to try. And and I got to admit, at first it was hard. Somewhere there, God spoke. And it just changed something in me. And more than the blessings, the reward is similar to what the song said that we were singing a, a while ago. Christ is my great reward. I get to know my Savior. I get to know God. You know, at the end of the day, your problems won't last Wala pong problemang forever. Even sin would one day be defeated. But you know what would endure forever? God and the Word of God. The Bible says, not an iota would pass until every word is fulfilled. The verses that we read a while ago, it endures forever. No problem that we have. No sickness that you are into. Not even any of us would endure forever in the sense that nandun lang sila, but the word of God would endure forever. And when we read the Bible, we get to know this person. We get to know who we are. We get to know our purposes. We get to know what's in our side. We get to know the reward because we have ultimately known our God. That's why we want to encourage all of us here. Let's read our Bibles, not just for the blessing, but for God. For us knowing God more.
You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.